I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform, and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it, and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which, from personal experience, I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hello and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I'm your host, Tanner Campbell. And before we get started, if you want to get rid of those advertisements that happen at the beginning of the show, sometimes in the middle of the show and sometimes at the end of the show, you can do that for just $6 a month by going to stoicism.supercast.com or by going to stoicismpod.com and clicking the big orange button in the top right-hand corner of the site. Just 6 bucks a month gets rid of those ads and it helps support me and what I'm doing here seven days a week. Now, I thought I was going to get an opportunity to air a conversation between myself and Eric, and by that I mean Eric DeMott, not yesterday's guest, the gentleman who does the practical cynicism segments. But I forgot he's traveling this week. I got my dates mixed up, so I'm kind of unprepared for today. So I wouldn't ordinarily do this, but because I don't have anything prepared, I'm going to read the first two chapters of my book to give you kind of a taste of what's coming. Again, I wouldn't ordinarily do this because it feels very self-promotional, and I guess by its nature it's going to have to be because it's a book I'm writing, so obviously I'll be selling it. But I'm just caught a little unprepared due to my own poor planning this week, so I hope it doesn't bother you to hear these first two chapters. If you'd rather skip it, hey, I get it. No big deal. The name of the book, if you have missed it, is Living Well, Stoic Ideas for a Better Life. If you want to get on the notification list for when this book comes out, you can go to livingwellbook.com and add your name to that list. The only kind of emails you're going to get from that list, by the way, have to do with the book and nothing else. I don't use it for some kind of scammy marketing or anything like that. So feel comfortable putting your name and email address in there. It's only going to alert you about updates for the book release. So what I will read here are the first two chapters, the first of which is kind of a why I'm writing this book. And the second one is, well, the first chapter of the book, the first real chapter of the book. So here we go. How I came to write this book. When I sat down to write this book in the early fall of 2022, I ran into a problem immediately. I didn't know the impact I wanted to have with what I was about to start. My podcast, Practical Stoicism, is among the top 100 philosophy podcasts in 175 countries, and its focus has been, from the start, to get a practical interpretation of Stoicism in front of younger people young men in particular, before poor interpretations of Stoicism, have the opportunity to do the same. When I say poor interpretations of Stoicism, I mean mainly Silicon Valley Stoicism, SVS, or Dude Bro Stoicism, DBS. 
SVS is a strong force in hustle culture and responsible for a proliferation of motivational memes best fit for the boardrooms of early-stage tech startups. It's not my intent in saying this to judge hustle culture or tech startup culture. I only mean to express that this form of stoicism isn't a philosophy for living. Instead, SVS is little more than a tool for motivating people to work 80-hour work weeks while feeling okay about it. DBS is what you find frequently espoused by your online machismo masculinity influencers or men-go-their-own-way red-pill masculinity types. It's an interpretation of Stoicism which encourages the repression of emotion, which any psychologist or actual practitioner of Stoicism will tell you makes you weaker, not stronger, and places a premium on machismo notions of physical power, confrontation, and honorable death. Young people, in particular, don't always have the intellectual faculties required to rebut bad ideas. When a young man, for example, is confronted by a skilled practitioner of philosophical flimflam, like an influencer who claims that the only way to be a man is to be physically strong, emotionless, and to see women as cruel vixens who need to be tamed in order to prevent them from ruining men, and who then proceeds to back that claim up by incorrectly quoting and manipulating something said by Marcus Aurelius nearly 2,000 years ago, there's a good chance that young man might be duped. And once you're duped, it can be hard to correct those misconceptions. I started the Practical Stoicism podcast to disrupt that sort of thing as much as possible. And if millions of downloads a year are any indication of success, I've been incredibly successful in that mission. But a practical interpretation of Stoicism is useful for more than just young men. In fact, my belief is that Stoicism implemented practically and injected with a tiny bit of modern sensibility. After all, we've learned a lot since the founding of Stoicism in 300 BCE, is useful to quite literally everyone. Initially, this found me wanting to create a 500-page magnum opus on Stoicism and how it needs to be modernized in order to become more accessible to modern human beings living in the modern world. But the more I wrote in that direction, the more I found what I was creating was an academic work something that a professor of philosophy might be interested in, but that the general public would find unappealing and inaccessible. I threw the approximately 20,000 words I'd written at that point into the bin and rethought the project. My next idea was to create a 100-page treatise on practical stoicism. I thought maybe it would serve the general public to rewrite stoicism in modern language, updating it and defending those updates as I went. But here, too, I ultimately decided it wasn't the right direction. People who are already interested in Stoicism might read a book like that, but what broader purpose would I be serving if I was writing a book to the already converted? So I threw that idea in the bin as well. This project had to be about the reader benefiting from Stoicism to enough of a degree that they would gain a positive view of Stoicism and go on to further investigate the philosophy with a genuine interest and a solid grounding in a healthy and practical interpretation. I had to give the reader a reason to want to learn more, and I was struggling to identify what exactly a book aimed at everyone who wasn't already aware of Stoicism was supposed to look like. Then I thought of internet listicles. You've probably seen these before, right? Five reasons you need a juicer, or ten tips for a healthier lifestyle, or seven words you didn't know existed. Listicles, despite their vaguely gross name, are among the most popular forms of printed content consumed online. Maybe something like 10 Meditations of Marcus Aurelius That Will Change Your Life. 
It was a clunky title, but it was closer to what I had in mind than previous attempts. The problem with this approach? There are something like 300 meditations for Marcus Aurelius. Choosing just 10 was going to leave out too much, while choosing 50 or 100, for whatever reason, felt excessive. As I combed through various translations of the meditations, I began categorizing the points of each individual meditation, and what I found through doing this was the same few concepts coming up over and over again. What if I just present the core concepts? What if it's X number of Stoic ideas for a better life? And here we are. Everything you need to know about Stoicism in order to live a better life than the one you're living right now can be boiled down to just a few concepts the Stoics put forth more than 2,000 years ago. In this book, I will first identify those few concepts being not too brief nor long-winded. I will then provide what I hope is the sort of practical consideration for implementing these concepts that will find you implementing each of them easily and effectively. These won't be prescriptions, mind you. Stoicism doesn't have those. Simply advice based on my own personal experience. Let's get started. Chapter 1. Choose to Act Have you ever noticed, by default, nature seems to cooperate with itself? Today, a scientist might look at this natural cooperation, the equilibrium or balance of an ecosystem, and interpret it as the outcome of natural selection or other natural processes. That scientist would say, perhaps, that nature functions the way it does because if it didn't, it wouldn't have survived and we wouldn't be around to observe it. In science's view, it's not that everything happens for a reason, it's that everything is the way it is because that's the way it happened. And, very fortunately, as a result, we're here to observe it. The Stoics reasoned that because logic and reason existed in human beings, the ingredients for logic and reason must therefore exist in the universe. If the ingredients for logic and reason exist in the universe, it might also be true that the cosmos are also imbued with logic and reason. Therefore, conscious cosmos. It's not necessary to believe in the Stoic cosmology, or its concept of God, which is best identified as nature, or any God, in order to derive value from one of the first suggestions of ancient Stoicism, which was this. Human beings are apart from nature. Because, unlike the rest of nature, they have the ability to contemplate the future, ruminate on the past, and make decisions in the present. Compare this elevated form of consciousness to the simple honeybee. A honeybee plays a large role in an ecosystem, does it not? It wakes in the morning and seems to be programmed to leave the hive, fly from flower to flower, and pollinate various forms of plant life. It then returns home, gives the pollen it's still covered in to the hive, and thus do the other bees of the hive create the honey used to survive the winter. In the spring, they start all over. Because the honeybee does this, trees and plants make oxygen, which many living things require to go on. Without the honeybee and other pollinators, many forms of plant life would die, and soon, due to significant reduction in available oxygen, many animals would die with them. Thank goodness for the honeybee. But the honeybee does not choose to do this work, does it? The honeybee is, as I said before, seemingly programmed to do this work. Likewise, fish are programmed to do whatever fish do, ants to do whatever ants do, birds to do what birds do, and so on. Animals do not wake up in the morning and ask themselves, do I really want to do anything today? And then, if they decide they do, 
what will I do today? Animals, as well as all other manner of living things that aren't humans, appear to reliably play the roles they've seemingly been assigned at birth. You and I, on the other hand, do not have this luxury. We humans wake in the morning and have nothing to do. Even if we did, we'd have to choose to do it. A human being must choose to do something, and what's more, before choosing to do something, a human being must think about and consider what sort of things are worth doing. Thank goodness we don't have a job as critical as the honeybees. Half of us would call in sick, while the other half would lament that we had to go into the office in the first place. We'd say things like, is it Friday yet? Or, man, I cannot wait for the weekend. I am so sick of my stupid boss. Regardless of whether or not we buy into the ancient Stoic idea of a conscious cosmos, it's easy to accept that the conclusion the ancient Stoics arrived at still has a rather serious consequence. If we must choose to act, if we must choose to be useful, and if we must choose to be cooperative, and we decide, for whatever reason, that we don't want to act, that we don't want to be useful, and that we don't want to be cooperative, what are we left with? If human beings don't perceive themselves as vested agents in their own lives and environments, what happens? Communities lose cohesion. Important matters go unaddressed. Things in good condition begin to deteriorate into a poorer condition, and things that are already in poorer conditions fall into even worse, perhaps unsalvageable conditions. So it's not particularly comforting to hear, with increasing regularity, people saying things like, everyone will die, so ultimately nothing matters. What does it matter if I stand up for something, or accomplish anything, or help someone? How can any of that matter if everyone is going to die anyway? No, that is not comforting at all. While it is true that everyone dies, and while it is true, assuming human beings don't colonize space beyond our solar system beforehand, that our sun will eventually go supernova and kill us all, how can it be the case that the one billion year off fate of the human species could impact whether or not something mattered right now? Do you believe that in order for your experience to matter, for your effort to matter, for your impact to matter, for the quality of the lives of others to matter, that you, that everyone, must live forever? I should hope not. The Stoics tell us to act, and that our actions matter. They had a few reasons for feeling that way, and we'll no doubt touch on those reasons throughout this book. But they felt intentional action was necessary. In fact, the first meditation in Book 2 of the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius states, For we are made for cooperation, like feet, like hands, like eyelids, like the rows of the upper and lower teeth. To act against one another, then, is contrary to nature. Stoicism tells us to act for the sake of our communities, our fellow humans, our countries, our environment, for justice, and for our own health and well-being for the sake of developing virtuous characters and being a benefit to others. So when you wake in the morning, don't look at the day ahead like a conveyor belt that you can unenthusiastically collapse upon and ride to the end of the day because you're tired of making the effort and you just want to get back to bed. Instead, wake in the morning and choose to act. Choose to act for the benefit of yourself and others because without your action, the world only deteriorates into something worse than the version of it you are already sick of. Stoic idea number one, choose to act. 
And that is it. That's the intro chapter and the first chapter of my book, Living Well, Stoic Ideas for a Better Life. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love your feedback. Tanner at TannerHelps.com, or you can go to the website and drop a note into the contact form. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. And until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. I appreciate you being here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this show, hit subscribe or follow or whatever the button says in the app you're listening so that you get new episodes the minute they come out. Also, if you've not reviewed the show, I would appreciate you doing so. You can review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or at podchaser.com. Thank you again for listening today, and until next time, take care. Mm -hmm.